0: Santa Ana becomes the first city in Orange County, California, to adopt its own rent stabilization ordinance. You're listening to The Andres Segovia Show. Good news, everyone, and welcome to The Andres Segovia Show. I am your host, Andres Segovia. On today's episode, an overview of the rent stabilization ordinance that the city of Santa Ana adopted effective November 19, 2021. And also some updates made to the Just Cause eviction ordinance uh, along those lines. And with this, uh, with um, Santa Ana adopting the RSO, they, grow, they join a growing list of cities that are adopting their own RSOs. Among those cities would be Alameda, Berkeley, Beverly Hills, East Palo Alto, Hayward, Los Angeles, Los Gatos, Mountain View, Oakland, Palm Springs, Richmond. San Francisco, San Jose, Santa Monica, and West Hollywood. On top of that, Santa Ana is the first Orange County city to adopt an RSO, and that's after the fact that we have statewide rent control uh, that was made possible by AB 1482. That came just months after the, the residents of California overwhelmingly voted no on statewide rent control. It's the law of the land, in this case, California, and cities are entitled to basically add a stricter version of an ordinance that is therefore uh, governed by a housing department for that locale um, to, up to their discretion, just like Los Angeles. And look, I'm not going to hide my biases. For anybody that's followed my show long enough, you would know that I have strongly opposed rent control everywhere. It's tried, it, particularly because a property manager, I work basically with mostly LA property in RSO areas. So I got to deal with uh, Los Angeles Department of Housing, the Department of Real Estate, code enforcement, uh, sometimes depending on the district, the Los Angeles Unified School District and the fire department, among others. So there's always something that comes along the way that tells you what to do with your own property uh, and what you cannot do with your own property. So now Santa Ana was going to follow the same route. Now, before I dive into uh, some of these items that uh, I have here pulled up with respects to the rent stabilization ordinance of Santa Ana, I do want to give uh, credit to where credit is due. Nathaniel Greensides is someone that commented on one of my uh, first videos with respects to the RSO of Santa Ana. Uh, and, and the comment that he left is a rebuttal to a letter that I was reading on that episode that I received from the California Apartments Association, an association that I actually reached out for clarification on some things and I haven't heard back from them. But Uh, his rebuttal was to what they were claiming um, that some of the items that they were claiming is not. So, and now that their ordinance has been adopted, that, wording has not made its way into the ordinance. So Nathaniel, thank you for bringing that to the attention. Uh, And I am aware of that, which is why I was waiting for the ordinance to have been adopted. Now, as someone that does deal with rent control and the ever-changing rules and the new rules always added to it, I can say that while the ordinance does not mention right now, at least not clear-cut, what the apartment associations were raising of concerns, that doesn't mean they aren't in there coded in some way or won't make their way somewhere down the line by the housing authority that will oversee the ordinance in Santa Ana, but we shall see. Now, with respect to the RSL, the city's rent stabilization ordinance is a local law that limits rent increases above the allowable limit within a 12-month period for certain residential uh, units and mobile home spaces in the city. The rent stabilization cap will apply to buildings built on or before February 1st, 1995, pursuant to the Costa-Hawkins Rental Housing Act, the only a property owner protection available in California that hangs by a thread. The rent stabilization cap for mobile home spaces will apply to mobile home parks established before 1990 regardless of ownership. However, the RSO will now apply to mobile homes with long-term leases over 12 months. No later than the 30th of June each year, the city shall announce the amount of allowable rent increase which shall be effective as of September of that year. So are there properties that are exempt from the stabilization? The RSO? Yes. So I'm going to quickly go over some of these lists of properties that are exempt. Um, any residential property that uh, has a certificate of occupancy issued after February 1st, 1995, that one's not. Any mobile home space subject to a long-term lease of so 12 months or more, as mentioned, that one's exempt. Transient and tourist hotel occupancy is exempt. Housing accommodations in a nonprofit hospital, religious facility, extended care facility, licensed residential care facility for the elderly, or an adult residential facility is exempt. Dormitories owned and operated by an institution of higher education or a kindergarten and grades 1 to 12 school. Are exempt housing accommodations in which the tenant shares bathroom or kitchen facilities with the owner who maintains their principal residence at the residential r- real property is exempt single family owner occupied residences, including a residence in which the owner occupant rents or leases no more than two units or bedrooms, including but not limited to an accessory dwelling unit or a junior accessory dwelling unit is exempt. A duplex in which the owner occupies one of the units as the principal unit, place of residence at the beginning of the tenancy, so long as the owner continues in occupancy, is exempt. Residential real property that is alienable, separate from any other dwelling unit, provides that the owner is not following a real estate investment trust, a corporation, or an LLC company, or limited liability company, and the tenants have been provided written notices that the residential property is exempt, is exempt. exempt. Housing restricted by deed, regulatory restriction contained in an agreement with a government agency or other recorded document as affordable housing for persons and families with very low, low or moderate income is exempt. And housing that is subject to an agreement that provides housing subsidies for affordable housing for people, for persons and families of very low, low or moderate income is exempt. So there's one more thing that I'm gonna read here because of course, these are a lot of things to, to go over, but I wanted to read what is covered and what isn't. So these are the exempt lists And if yours the property that you have is not on this list, That means it is covered under the rent control. So how much rent can be raised each year? The RSO limits rent increases to the lower of 3% or 80% of the percentage change in the consumer price index. If the change in the CPI is negative, no rent increase will be permitted that year. However, there may be circumstances where owners may be able to raise tenants rent over 3%, but they require city review and approval of a fair return petition from the owner. And now I want to quickly move over to uh, the Just Cause Eviction Ordinance that was updated. Uh, The city's Just Cause Ordinance is a local law that provides just cause eviction protections for most tenants that continuously and lawfully occupy a residential real property or mobile home space for 30 days. The ordinance defines what causes are allowable for a property owner to seek eviction of a tenant. The ordinance went into effect on November 19, 2021. So are there properties that are exempt from the Just Cause Ordinance? Yes. Basically the same list I just gave you with respect to which are not covered by RSO. Does the Just Cause Ordinance include mobile home park sales? Yes. Is the just cause ordinance the same as rent stabilization? No. The just cause ordinance defines the reasons that a tenant may be evicted. It does not address or limit the amount of the rent or an owner's ability to increase it. What's the difference between a lease termination and eviction and an unlawful detainer? This one I'll read because I think it's important. Evictions are generally understood as occurring whenever a residential tenant is forced out of a home by an action or decision of an owner or property manager. After an owner serves and files a lawful notice of termination, the tenant is required to vacate their home by the date stipulated on that notice. If they remain, the owner may file an unlawful detainer complaint, also known as an eviction notice, which specifies the amount of time the tenant must vacate the property before they are forced to leave and are therefore locked out. Under the just cause ordinance, when can a tenant be evicted. Now that is a little different because we have something called at fault and then we have no fault evictions. So you gotta look at the list yourself. All these resources, including the ordinances, spelled out entirely. I'm leaving linked on the show notes and come to this episode at Uh That one at fault would be like they didn't pay the rent. Um, uh, not at fault, for example, would be the property owner wants to move into his uh, to the property uh, to occupy for X Y Z reasons, and this will stipulate what you can and cannot do. So while I mentioned there was a commenter that was uh, offering a rebuttal to. The letter that I read from the California Apartments Association that they handed out to property owners in Santa Ana. Um, with respects to what uh, Cindy Santa is proposing, um, the commenter, Nathaniel, was saying that didn't make uh, the, the ordinance. So I read the frequently asked questions and I read the ordinances themselves at like 20 pages each um, and I did not find any of that wording there. That doesn't mean, though, that the housing authority that's being established to organize all of this won't be mandating it, though. So we don't really know just yet so while I do give benefit of the doubt so far to Nathaniel because it's not spelled out as someone that deals with some of the strictest RSLs, if not the strictest in California with respect to Los Angeles, I know that they can and perhaps will. Which is why those valid concerns were brought up during the hearings that yours truly actually did tune into. The last one was over seven hours long um, uh but uh yeah a lot of passionate arguments on on either side and uh, ultimately RSO did pass um and well there it is so the only way to undo something like this would be through a referendum uh and obviously that's a that's a tall order and a, i don't see that happening so that's why i lay this out cuz despite the fact that i'm wholeheartedly against this it's law now so now i i it's something to deal with so how do we deal with it that's what matters um and i hope that uh um whatever damage that the RSOs do do would be uh, minimized. And unfortunately, that's, uh, that's a hoping for a lot because uh, everywhere it's tried, it's failed. But that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like, share, subscribe, stay in the know and you'll be in the know. And as more information comes down the pipeline with respects to this and others, and I have reached out to apartment associations to come on the program to uh, give us uh, a lay of the land and a heads up as to what's coming because this one came out of nowhere, it seems. Um, I'll keep you appraised on that. But until next time, thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on the next one.